0: Okay, hello everyone. It's Dashian Miller, and we are here with our next episode of Kuden. What is this episode ninety two, something like that? So um, anyway, I'm missing something here. Got some extra tech going on, and I missed something. There we go. Excellent. All right. So uh, got some extra stuff going on here with uh, a, a different look and feel, and uh, also have. Uh, my admin assistant, some of you guys know him if you've uh, enrolled in any of our programs or tried to get a hold of me, and he ran interference for me and all that, right? So um, my uh, my guy James uh, in the background who uh, will be monitoring uh, chat and all that kind of stuff uh, as people are sending in messages. So if any questions pop in or anything like that, uh, he'll let me know about those things. Uh, so what we're doing is we're changing the format of this so I don't have the chat overlay, I guess it'd be on this side, right? So the chat overlays not there. So uh we don't have anybody, um, especially on YouTube. YouTube is the the biggest problem we've been having. Uh no one hijacking uh things with um uh shitty comments and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that being said, right? So uh at the end of last episode, uh I kind of threw three books at you that I said were um among the best ninja manuals uh, on the market, one was for uh, physical training, one was for mental training, and one was for uh, emotional, spiritual success uh, kind of training. And um, that's when people started jumping off because <laughs> I think everybody just wants they they just want to do the cool uh, attack moves and all that. But um, you know, from day one uh, for me in this art. Uh, what I've seen from folks is, um, oh, well, that's different. All right. So somehow now we have those things showing up over there. How about if we open this part up and maybe it'll shift that way? Uh, I hope so. Sorry, I'm talking to James here because we've got things popping up on the screen for the live folks. Okay, anyway, so um, uh, people started jumping off because, again, I think that, People really, um, they've been either convinced or they need this to be just a martial, um, just a martial arts kind of thing. When from day one, uh, by, from, you know, very beginning of my exposure with my teachers, um, there was life training, right? Um, so that's really where I want to go with this today, and I want to take a look at uh, things from – the very roots, right from the foundations, um, at least from, I mean, we're not going to go all the way back cause that means we'd have to go back through China and, uh, along the Silk Road through Tibet and India and all that. So, but anyway, we're going to go back, uh, pretty far, take a look at some things, uh, as they show up in the Togakure view and, uh, just generally from, from, a uh, an ancient, uh, Japanese kind of perspective, you know, a bunch of centuries ago. And, uh, kind of bring that forward so that we get a different context right we 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 take a look at things um in a in a more full scope right but we'll do that uh when i come back so uh, let me go ahead and uh, kind of officially get things uh, started so the big question is this how are self-defense and success-minded people like us Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And here we are. All right, so... Um, As I alluded to in the – I've got some notes over here – as I alluded to uh, in the uh, little uh, slide, screenshot, and all that kind of stuff that went out, um, a lot has changed since the late 70s, early 80s when this art was introduced uh, to the Western world. Uh, And I don't mean that that the art itself has changed, but the reflection of it uh and the way it's being presented for the masses and, and folks need to, to understand that um, one of Hatsumi Sensei's goals uh one of uh, you know one of the grandmaster's goals was to to get this out to as many people as possible right and so things did change right uh when my first teacher in this art uh Stephen Hayes the the uh, guy pretty much responsible for making sure that it, it got to, uh, America and pretty, uh, a good part of the Western world. Uh, when he was in Japan training, uh, classes could have everything from taijutsu to weapons to ESP training, right? Uh, in one of his books, I think it was the first book that he, uh, published, uh, through Tuttle. It's called The Ninja and the Secret Fighting Art. He describes a class where Hatsumi has these cards, right? He made these little uh, cards that have, um, that had like these different, uh, I don't know if he had symbols or if he used uh, playing cards. Maybe he used playing cards in this one, right? So anyway, he's sitting through this whole class and Hatsumi Sensei's like holding up a card, right? And uh, folks are calling out what they are, whatever, and they turn around, right? And, you know, you, you could see whether it was, um, it was right, it was not right, it was, you know, whatever. And, um, so he's going through this with this assumption, right? That he's supposed to, like, read Hatsumi Sensei's mind or, uh, you know, he's supposed to, uh, be able to read the card or whatever and know, right? Through, uh, through this ESP kind of thing that, um, and then he knows what the card is, right? And so at the end, Hatsumi Sensei is describing this stuff. And he says, um, you know, so this is, uh, this is something to work with moving forward, right? This idea of telekinesis. And Stephen Hayes says, he waits till class is over. At the end, he goes up and he says, uh, sensei, uh, in English, it's not telekinesis. It's, uh, clairvoyance, right? Where you know this thing. And sensei says, no, I don't think so. Telekinesis. And, uh, Shoshi Hayes says, no, 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 clairvoyance, where you know, right? Um, telekinesis is where you move things with your mind, where you make something happen with your mind. And Hatsumi Sensei says, yes, telekinesis. That's, right? And it was then that he realized that he completely misunderstood the exercise, right? He wasn't supposed to guess the card before Hatsumi Sensei raised the card or whatever. What he was supposed to be doing was making Hatsumi Sensei raise a given card right? So, again, you know, misunderstanding training and results end up kind of shitty, right? They, they, they don't end up um, the right way. But there's all these things. If anybody's ever been to Japan, hell, if you watch YouTube videos of people's recordings from Japan, right? How many times have you seen Hatsumi-sensei demonstrate, demonstrate, and then all of a sudden he'll stop and for minutes, sometimes longer than that, right? he'll go on this long diatribe, this long explanation about something and how this relates to life and how this uh, is what this poet or this writer or whatever, or how in these no plays, right, this is a reflection of that and this is how this is communicated, right? If you've seen those things and not done the dumb shit thing of fast forwarding past it because you need to get to the next monkey entertainment stuff, um, then you might start picking up that the man is trying to convey and he's always been trying to convey things on a very high level, right? The, the joining, right? The, the, uh, the head of the clan kind of perspective where it's about philosophy. It's about results. It's about, um, being a certain type of person, right? Uh, over the years in different articles that he's written that have come out in, in Western magazines, right? He's reiterated the fact or the, the point that, uh, ninja should strive to be recognized and and called right ladies and gentlemen right in all that those things uh tend to mean right uh not just like you know the uh, martial arts is my life kind of thing right not not that kind of thing not that you can't focus on a given aspect and just say you know what this this is good for me right uh, I just don't want, I just want to do the warrior stuff. The rest of my life is crystal. It's, it's perfect, right? It's golden. Everything is fantastic, right? I have absolute control. I have the amount of money I want. I've got the kind of freedom I want. I have, you know, I, I'm able to produce the kind of results I want. I just need the, the martial stuff. Cool. Fantastic. Right. Uh, but that's, that's not, you know, uh, that's not what really uh, drew me to this. The martial stuff did, but then I started seeing, you know, Mandala, and I started seeing these and getting these other lessons and perspectives and, and things like that that really drew me in, right? Um, and it wasn't it wasn't for a couple of years after I started telling people that I really didn't believe that Nitatsu was a real martial art, right? Really irritating people, right? Um, at least not in the context that most people think about martial arts, right? Uh, most people think about, you know, doing the physical stuff and then life skills, confidence and integrity and all those kind of things tend to come about uh secondhand uh, as an after uh, side effect, that kind of thing, right? Um, it's not like that, right? This was all, you know, th- this was all that stuff. And then the physical uh martial stuff kind of came in. As a way to protect the families, right? I mean, think about it, you know, um, and think about all the intuitive or or the the hidden lessons, right? They're actually plain plain view if you know what you're looking at. Um, but um, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. I know I have, uh, where somebody argues that wilderness survival training is not uh, a part of need to, and I'm like. What the hell are you talking about? You mean like shelter building and, and, uh, fire building and water purification and collection and those kinds of things, not part of ninjutsu. No, you can't find it in any of the scrolls. What well, a no, shit. You don't find how to breathe in the scrolls either, right? Unless it's a special type of breathing, right? But, uh, also like, you know, if you, it, it, we're supposed to have a, a, a comfortable, we're supposed to be in control of our lives and all that. Yeah, but sensei, like, you know, I live in a, shit town around shit people and you know people attacking me all the time and verbally and whatever and do the ninja thing move how does that the ninja thing where were they positioned mount Kumano in uh you uh, know uh was it northwest or whatever no uh south and I don't know, it's it's south of Kyoto, right? It's in this mountain range, it's there, right? Uh that was actually the Gyoko school. Togakushi, right? Togakure Mountain. Um, northwest of Nagano, right? Really, really, really steep freaking mountains, really dangerous, right? Um th- they were living around governmental control and and oppressive forces and all that kind of stuff, so they friggin move, right? Um they lived at a time when if you had uh if your belief system was different than the rulers right you you could you know be put to death uh or anything like that right just these really really oppressive laws. so what they do they frickin' moved right okay, great, so now you 're off in these mountains, you move away from the villages they had to go and establish something somewhere else, and then we think about like you know what it was like back then right um you think they just like packed a house on a trailer and hooked an SUV up to it and drove it up a damn mountain and then planted it on Togakure? No. They had to start off with shelters, turn them into houses and and buildings and all that kind of stuff, right? But this is before plumbing. This is before uh, electric or gas ranges or anything like that, right? So, yeah, fire building skills, water collection and purification, all these kind of things, right? Hunting, trapping. Uh, not tying, all these kind of things that we now consider to be like survival skills or, uh, uh, uh wellness survival, whatever, right? Uh, you know, of course it's not going to be in the frickin' scrolls. It's, it's everyday stuff, right? So, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a part of their life and a part of the skill set, right? Um, it's amazing how something that would have been so obvious back in the day is so hidden today. And things that we're looking at, right? and throwing and blinding power powder and and kuji and all this kind of stuff as being obviously ninja stuff was like guarded with your life and hidden in secret back in the day, right? It's pretty interesting, right? So um, as I said at the end of the last episode, my phone keeps shifting on me, um, I, th- I threw out those three books, and if you missed that episode, I'm, I'll, I'll mention them again. Because everybody thinks that, that I'm going to be mentioning, you know, ninja two books or books by Hatsumi Sensei or Stephen Hayes or whatever. And that's not, that, that's not what I put out there because there's more to things and there's more to understanding. There's more to ninja knowledge than just how to make a fist, right? Or how to take up a kumai or how to execute Seon or Tangeki or, or, uh, Whatever, pick a pick a cot name, right? Um, there There's way more to it than that, right? The first question should be, who the hell is it that we're protecting, right? And I don't just mean everybody else in our lives, right? Who's this person of value that's supposed to be in the world so I can do good in the world? And who's this person of value in the lives of other people that can... Can help, right? And the reality is that the more power we have in whatever way, right? Could be martial skills for physically protecting somebody, right? Could be knowledge to help people get through certain types of struggles, right? It could be confidence, self-esteem, fortitude, whatever, so that you're the rock and the pillar when everybody else's world is, is, you know, shaking all over the place, right? And you're the one that they can look to for strength and stability. Could be financial, right? Um, You know, people have rocky roads anyway, but COVID taught lots and lots of lessons, right? What it really did was expose a lot of people's bullshit. Um, Everything from uh, you know, I, I'm good, right? I've, you know, as long as I get the bills paid and I get a little left over to, to, you know, to enjoy myself, uh, you know, I'm good, right? A little bit of money in the bank, uh, you know, to save for retirement and all that kind of stuff and whatever, right? Next thing you know, it's now weeks and months and whatnot with shutdowns. I mean, our dojo was shut down for eight months, right? Um, more than that, but off and on, right? So I'll call it eight months, but anyway, um, Uh, then everything crumbles apart, right? So then either they're, you know, they're, they're blaming, right, everybody else, or you got other things going on where they were, uh, maybe pro-government, you know, if, if Uncle Sam in our country, right, if Uncle Sam if, if the government or the powers that be say everything is okay, then we should follow that, right? There obviously wouldn't be a law in place if it wasn't important, right? And then something like that happens, and then suddenly people want to rebel against that. Or just the opposite, right? They're anti-government. They're anti-welfare state. They're anti-socialism. Whatever it is, right? Next thing you know, they're falling flat on their face financially, and now they need um, Big Brother to start cutting checks, right? Regardless of what financial or taxation or whatever repercussions are down the line, because it doesn't matter, right? you know it's just all made up anyway, right so um anyway we're we're supposed to be able to handle challenges like that, right so was it easy for me? No, was it doable? yes, right okay. um, and it also took creative thinking and all these other other faculties and other skill sets that often people don't want to think about or don't, you know, they, they, they want to be entertained, right? I'm doing a martial art, okay? Well, then do the martial art. But, you know, COVID, there was nobody throwing a punch or a kick or trying to stab you in the gut or cut your throat or shoot you in the face or whatever. It wasn't that kind of danger, right? We're supposed to be able to survive. Survive what? Whatever. It's the same answer that Takamatsu-sensei that gave Hatsumi-sensei, when says Sensei was going down through his, you know, his long resume of I can do this, 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 and, you know, whatever, right? And Takuma Sensei just says, okay, yeah, but can you survive? Survive what? Whatever. Okay? Whatever. Okay? So, you know, and it's okay. We're, we're all grown ups, right? Uh, you can pick and choose whatever you want. But as as the wise man said, right? you're free to choose you're free to make choices but you are not right karma cause and effect you are not free from the consequences of those choices right so anyway so what I want to do uh, this time is I'll springboard off of these I'll name the I'll name the books again kind of go through it just very very quickly about you know what we're what we're looking at um, but it's other areas of study right um, I mean how many kata Can you learn or do you need to learn, right? How many ways of making a fist? How many times do you have to practice the same thing? I mean, once it's in the muscle memory and you can't not get it wrong, then what, right? What the hell kept Hatsumi Sensei studying all the way to retirement? And it's my belief that he's still studying now. I wouldn't be surprised if another book came out before he died, right? And I don't mean just because he has manuscripts unfinished. I mean, you know, he's only going to be able to sit around for so long before... Either the end comes or something else comes out lesson-wise, whether he's officially the 35th Soke or the 19th Soke, whatever the number is, because he passed these things along, um, the lessons are still there. So anyway, for those of you who missed the uh, uh, episode 91 or forgot, right, the three books that I listed at the end as some of the best ninja manuals out. Best manual manual for physical training is Gray's Anatomy, and I don't mean the TV show, right? Gray's Anatomy or an anatomy book that either has illustrations or photographs or whatever in deep detail. Okay, so I started off with Gray's Anatomy because my teachers recommended it, right? As a matter of fact, I think Hatsmusa say uh, somewhere in print at least once, right? Has Gray's Anatomy, right? Um as a matter of fact, uh when he did his um uh, there were a couple of uh, uh newsletters that went out that he considered to be scrolls. Tetsuzan, which means Iron Mountain, and uh Sanyaku. Sanyaku? I think so. Yeah. So um I think these things are available maybe on Amazon or whatever, as anthologies or whatever, right? Um but in some of these he would post uh he would be talking about certain pressure points, and he might have, like, the, the diagram of the Zagagi ocean uh, thing, which is really funny because it's a fat guy, right? Most people think that, you know, everything's going to be, you know, super skinny and all that kind of stuff, and yet it's this chunky guy, right? But anyway, right, got all these uh, things on it, and then right next to, like, a point to a certain point, and then right next to it, he had the image from Grey's Anatomy. So you could point out exactly which nerve or muscle connection or whatever that that pressure point is actually affecting. So it wasn't just this general woo woo kind of thing. Here's modern science. Here's ancient science. Here's the modern picture of it, right? So, uh, like I said, I've grazed anatomy. Uh, James and a bunch of other guys have been, uh, they're either in the dojo or been to the dojo and they know that I have this huge, Anatomy book um, that's kind of leaning up against the wall because it's that big um, that um, uh, we'll use, right? We'll open this thing up during seminars and point out certain things. And it doesn't have nearly as much as Gray's Anatomy, but it's a good general kind of overview kind of thing. Uh, and then another book, my personal uh, book, is a uh, is a medical school uh, anatomy book. So all the pictures in it are cadavers, right? Uh, I had to be careful who I bring that out in front of because when I've opened it up and pointed at certain things, I've had students in class pass out. So I have to be careful, right? But either way, it's that idea of studying how all that stuff kind of goes together because we're not just what we see, right? There's muscles and and all this stuff. So the more we can know about the body, the better chances we have of, of keeping ourselves in a state of health and vibrancy and energy, and keeping ourselves in a strong position in a fight, right? And understanding how to break this other guy down, right? How to break the enemy down, how to outmaneuver him, that kind of stuff, right? So uh, that's that's why, th- you know, things were pointing in this direction, right? And this all goes, all these books that I'm going to be talking about all fit into this category in the Ninja no Hachimon, the Eight Gates of Authentic Ninja Training, that was developed way back in the day, right? Way, way back in the day. So the eighth gate, ninjin kyomo, right, is about knowledge, mathematics, science, meteorology, anything that could make you an educated, well-rounded, hard to, hard to, um, uh, or difficult to, uh, to con kind of person, right? Uh, that's all that's in there, right? In our Mikyo training, right? In the Shingon school, there are 10 levels of of training, right? That that one goes through, okay. And actually, there's nine, but the tenth level, it, just like in our mikyo or just like in our Ninpo, uh there's a return to zero, right? But that tenth level, that zero state, is is not empty. It's potential. It's it's empty of, of form. So that level is anything outside of shingon that you could study, outside of mikyo that you could study. That will increase your knowledge and understanding and whatnot of human beings, the human condition, the world, the connection between them, all that kind of stuff, right? So anything, right? Including things that are opposite from what you believe. Okay? Because the, the the message and the the lesson is is that no system, no matter how complete it tries to be, can hold all the knowledge. Right? So uh you know so anyway so gray's anatomy that was that was one right uh the second one i gave you was one called influence by a guy named robert cialdini c i a l d i n i i believe right um and in that one uh he has um six uh, let me bring up some other notes here right um so the uh, six principles of influence right the book is called influence right um this would we would normally see this in our ninja no uge Right, which is about influence, deception, manipulation, those kind of things. Right, it's but this is this was psychology, right? Understanding the workings of the human mind, right? Uh, again, in the book, um, The Ninja and Their Secret Fighting Art by Stephen Hayes, that first book that he wrote while he was training the first time in Japan, um, and uh, uh, in the back, right, there's this whole section on psychological warfare, right? So back in there, you have the uh, the five uh, needs, the five weaknesses, those kind of things. Understanding uh, people, right? In our Mikko training, we have the six realms uh, uh, that that personality, that are really like personality types uh, and ways that we can kind of shift and move toward um, understanding or that we can actually trap ourselves, right? Um, so uh, the what Cialdini's principles of influence are, are because we have developed into uh, social creatures right then our brains are hardwired with certain mechanisms that actually cause us to act in very predictable ways there are ways to counter them but at the same time they're highly useful in a social construct right and so uh, he has these six later on I, I think he he uh, postulated a seventh one or somebody else added a seventh. And depending on who you're reading or whatever, you know, there could be more or less or whatever. But um, he has these six, but this, I think one of the groupings in, in the original book, he had them together and then he, he kind of spun them out. So I'm going to list seven, right? So uh, I've talked about reciprocity. I think I talked about that in the last episode, but reciprocity, right? You do for me that I feel compelled to do for you kind of thing. And if I don't, uh unless I'm a sociopath or I'm I'm completely disconnected, then I'm gonna feel guilty or whatever or bad or whatever for not being able to help, right? Because you helped me, right? Uh, reciprocity, commitment, consistency, right? Uh, in his first book he had those two together, commitment and consistency, right? Um, uh, you could say integrity, whatever, same kind of idea. But commitment, uh consistency, social proof, authority, liking right? Or rapport, right? That kind of connection and scarcity, right? So these are things that cause us to act. And these are things that are like really, really used uh, heavily in the world of marketing and, and advertising, right? Um, if you've ever watched an advertisement that, uh, you know, you just thought, what the hell is that? Who the hell would buy something like that? Trust me, there's a whole bunch of people drooling over that because that advertisement's not talking to you. Right? Because you're, you haven't conditioned yourself, uh, to like certain things or to find certain things interesting or neat or whatever, right? But if a commercial popped up and you jumped at pulling out your credit card or drooled over it or, oh, I I gotta get one of those, maybe I'll go on Amazon or or whatever and uh, see if I can find one cheaper or whatever, right? You're drooling over it and you're going into action then they absolutely pushed your buttons, right? It wasn't just the object or the thing, it's how they're describing it, right? So, one, I think Chiodini's book, Influence, was originally written from the perspective of if you know that these things are happening, then you can guard against them. But from a ninja's perspective, how the hell are you going to study or or use Nijna Uge? The influence and, and manipulation and those kind of things, right? Um, even for good things, right? Uh, if you don't know where to start, you're just gonna throw shit out, right? Um, and, and hope that it works, right? But this can be used in parenting. It can be used in in supervisory or management roles. It can be used uh, just all over the place, right? Trying to convince your friends to go out for pizza or bowling or whatever it is that you want to do, right? How do you frame that in the way? That is a benefit win win kind of thing that they just want to jump at that thing, right? That's something that leaders and visionaries, um, are really, really good at. Whether they know that they're doing it or not, they're really, really good at it, right? The use of stories, all kinds of things, right? So, um, that's, that's why I put that in there, right? Um, this, this idea of understanding these hardwiring, hardwired kind of things that we have, right? I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to take up a, a psychology course or a social psychology course or anthropology thing or whatever, or do other dumb things that I have. Uh, they're not dumb, right? Um, but uh, for my uh, criminal justice degree, right, I had to take psychology. I had to take all these things because part of that that uh, degree, part of that that study, was in understanding motivations and how people think and how that gets broken and, and misused or uh, whatever, right? So uh, this is absolutely all part of need to do, right? I mean, if you just go to the eight gates, it's right there, right? Deception and manipulation, right? What people tend to do is they look at it and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's, uh, I don't want to do that because that's uh, that's that's all bad. Well, of course, deception, manipulation and all that can be bad. Right, but what if I have somebody that's trying to harm me what if what if I have somebody that's trying to take my job or uh set me up for failure or whatever right um absolutely, I can apply some of these things so that they're chasing a ghost they're chasing something else or they believe that one thing is going on instead of something else, right? I can also integrate these things into my tajitu training right so that I'm able to. Convince this guy that one thing is happening when something else is really going on, right? Um, you know, and there's lots of other books that I could throw out, but it's just not, it's not, you know, there, there are other specialty things, right? But this is a place to start, right? And I think it's, it's, it's an easy, it's an easy read, uh, gives lots of uh, examples of things and all that. And then the third book that I suggested for the success side of things, right? Uh, call it emotional, spiritual, uh, personal development, right? I mean, part of it's knowledge, but a lot of this really has to do with drive and passion and commitment and and, and things that well, I don't think we got very much, uh, most of us, growing up, right? And I, I know that many of us had nurturing parents and, and all that kind of stuff, but were you taught to do anything more than kind of fit in? right were you taught to do anything more than you know pick a career that you're going to have for the rest of your life and 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 end right um i don't know i can't speak for you but anyway um so that book was called thinking grow rich by napoleon hill and again I, I think i mentioned this in the last um uh, episode most people look at that from the perspective of uh you know getting lots of money and, and all those kind of things, right? Um, but many of the uh the really, really wealthy people uh and super successes that Napoleon Hill interviewed over the course of twenty years before he wrote that book, uh, Edison and Ford and and uh Carnegie, uh who was actually the one who commissioned him to do this whole thing, right? Uh not only were these people uber frickin' poor before they started out, including Napoleon Hill. He was some West Virginia backwoods hick that his dad died at a very early age and he was in and out of freaking jail and, and, uh, what do you call them, Uh, uh, not foster homes, uh, juvenile detention centers and all that kind of stuff uh, for a long time, right, Uh, before he had these pivotal moments where he ran into people that ended up becoming mentors and and whatnot, right? Um, All these these, uh, folks, right? Uh, they were self-made, right? So, but people only see the end result, right? And then they, my question is, do we resent it? Now, I, I know what my answer is because I had to get over myself, right? Uh, but do we resent them because of who they are and what they stand for in my ide- ideology? Or was I taught what their ideology is and why I should resent them and what they stand for and all that and then, I made all my other decisions from there. Okay. Um, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to debate those things until everyone has read the same kind of histories and biographies, good and bad um, that uh, I have. Uh, we can't have a good discussion about those things, right? Because otherwise it just turns into something in, in Mikyo that we call envy pride, which is another one of those poisons that just screw everything up and cause, cause bad karma. So anyway, um, so Think You Grow Rich, uh, several of these people, right, during uh Napoleon Hill's interviews with them made the point that these principles are principles of success, not just principles for making money, right? Um, the the book I'm currently going through at the moment is uh The Laws of Success, right, which is a another related book to the to the whole series, right? Um, but it's about success in whatever endeavor, right? It's not, a, it's not just about money, right? Whatever big goal that we have, right? For a lot of people, it's mastery and need to, it's whatever it is, right? It's big, right? And And it needs to be big. It needs to be so big that you're guaranteed to f- fail. But what I mean by fail is fall short, I don't mean nothing will happen, right? See, and again, all those definitions we were taught, you're either going to succeed or you're going to fail, right? You can't have your cake and eat it too. All that kind of crap, right, that just, oh, it just screws you up. But anyway, um, but the point that was made over and over and over again was, these are principles of success. Whatever, Whatever treasure, whatever goal, whatever, whatever, accomplishment you're trying to make happen right these are those these are these are universal laws right and they have to be done in a specific order because they start to later they start to need these other ones just like you know you have to have your kihon to do your kionopo and your sanshin you have to have those to be able to do some of these other things right so um, it is what it is right so anyway, what I thought I'd do uh, for this uh, episode is just to throw some things out for folks to think about, right? And, of course, if you have any questions at the end, uh, James is monitoring all this stuff. If you have any questions or points or anything uh, that we can handle at the very end, that's fine. But what I want to do is throw some things out that are all based on these principles, right? I'm going to stick to the influence and... Think and grow rich, kind of thing, those processes, so that uh, you can start to do, you, you can spend more time. I keep talking about the ninja hachimon, right? Uh, and that eighth gate, but you can spend more time because all this is really about the first area of study in the Togakure school, right? The Seishin Teki, Kyoyo. Kyoyo means knowledge, right? Study, knowledge, that kind of thing, right? uh seishin teki is personal truth personal development personal clarity understanding those that whole realm right so this is about self-development so ironic isn't it that that the ninja hachimon these these eight gates show that uh just like all ninja lists right no no there's no there's never been a ninja list that is finite Right. It's eight gates, sensei. There's there's eight. No, the eighth gate blows everything else out, expands everything. Right. It contains everything not on the damn list. So you got one through seven and eight is everything else. In Shingon, you have nine levels of study. Tenth level is everything else. Right. Uh, you're um, uh, 16 fists in the Togakure school. Right. You have 15 fists. Okay. The sixteenth fist, shizen, ken, right? Is anything, natural fist, right? Is anything not on the list that's a part of your body that you could use. Teeth, jaw, whatever, right? It just anything that's not listed is, is, is in there, right? So, uh, it's, it's the same thing, right? So here, in the Hachimon, here's this blown out kind of thing, right? But it's ironic that the Togakure school that operated clandestinely, did a whole bunch of spy and assassination work and all that kind of stuff, right? The very first area of study is personal clarity, personal development. I find that very, very interesting. But I, what I find more interesting is how many people just blow right past or give at best lip service to Nizhiyo the, the knowledge gate, or Seishin Keki. It just, right, the two pivotal points of this entire system. Uh, and we're just going to just ignore all that stuff because we don't really want do, to do Nidutsu. We want to do Budo Taijutsu. We want to do the obvious warrior skills. Right? Because this other stuff takes, it's it takes a lot. Right? It takes a lot. Right. Anyway, so I'm going to go down through a list of things and, um, you know, you'll have the recording of this later to listen to. But I'm going to toss these things out. I'm working through a life uh, with a, through things uh, with a uh, success coach. I have coaches in, in a bunch of different realms, but I'm working uh, with one. And so this is actually off of my uh, my notes, my to do list. Right, uh, self check all that wonderful stuff, right? So I'm going to go down through these things, just kind of toss them out. Uh, I may add a couple of uh, sentences or two or a point or two just to kind of uh, round it out, but I'm just going to keep on moving, right, and then we'll uh, uh we'll see what happens uh, near the end, all right? so one actually the 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 part one was in uh, books to read and all that, uh, obviously. Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich was one of them. Another one is uh, that I, I need to start uh, that's on my list uh, for as soon as I'm finished with this. Well, I'm going to be rereading Thinking Grow Rich two more times because the instructions in Thinking Grow Rich is to read the book three times. And I'm going to read the damn book three times again. So, anyway, uh, but the next one on the list is one called Release Your Breaks. B-R-A-K-E-S, like brakes on a car. Release your brakes by a guy named James Newman. He's no longer alive either, right? Um, but anyway, so I had this reading list that I was given. And then uh, here are these other things that I really had to really get my head wrapped around, right? So one, and I know you've heard a lot of these things, but humor an old guy, okay? So shift this so that I'm not constantly staring away from you. So get out of your comfort zone and away from conventional wisdom. And these are the words of my teacher, take them for what they're worth. He talks like this a lot, right? you still love your parents, but move away from your parents as they fucked you up, okay? So um, the idea here is that um, unless you were taught and trained by parents or mentors or whatever up to this point, or up to the point where you got involved in the training, right, Unless you were trained by people who are as successful as you want to be, who are as successful as you want to be in the fields of endeavor or realms or whatever that you want to be, chances are whatever they told you about those things, however much or little, was wrong. Or at best, partly right. Okay, But everything has to be questioned. You need to move away from them and you need to get involved uh, with different Types of, uh, you know, mentors and guides and those kind of things, right? Anyway, next, choose your friends wisely as they are one of the reasons you are where you are. Uh, this particular mentor, uh, one of the exercises we had was to um, think about our five closest friends and then recognize that we are the average of the sum of that those five. Okay, We're in that group. So we're always pointed in the direction of, um, one, get into like mastermind groups, right? Other people that are bringing value and they you all have the same goal heading the same direction, which is what I'm building now and surrounding myself, right? Uh, with people that, um, you know, have that kind of passion and they want to move and, and make major changes and stuff like that, right? Um, but also to join groups where you feel out of your element. Because as long as you're comfortable, you're not going to make any changes, right? And if you're the smartest guy in the room, then you're the leader, but you're not making any changes either, okay? Now, there are times when you want to be the smartest, most skilled person in the room, okay? Because you can control the environment, and that's great, right? But if you're trying to grow, you need to be the dumbest guy in the room or the dumbest girl in the room. You need to feel like you need to up your game majorly or these people are going to kick your ass to the curb. Okay? So you either need to put up or shut up. You need to put yourself into positions that growth has to happen or you're going to be left feeling like shit because you know that you bailed on yourself. It's the only way to drive ourselves forward. I hadn't... I don't know, James will probably nod or shake his head or whatever, because I can see him, but you can't. Um there was a past episode, I believe, where I talked about comfort being uh the poison of success. Yeah. And so um we have to be careful, right? Those of us who live in the Western world, I don't care, middle class, high low class, low middle class, poor, whatever. I mean, if you have access to this stuff and you're listening to me. You have access to technology, right? You're way ahead of people that, like when I grew up in the 70s, right, 60% maybe of the class that I was in, upper, lower class, lower, middle class, right, poor people, right, didn't have refrigerators or air conditioners. Most of us didn't have phones either, right? Right? So the fact that you have them in whatever position you're in, right? Not only puts you way ahead of most of the frickin' third world, right? Because most of those people would look at you and go, You're if you're getting a welfare check from the government and you can feed yourself and and put a roof over your head and you have medical insurance and all that kind of stuff, whether you pay for it or it's provided for you, right? You think of yourself in one position, they're looking at you like, oh, where do I sign up? Okay. How do I get me some of that? Right. So again, it's perspective, but either way, um, think about the groups that you're in, right? Because the groups that you're in motivate you to act, think and believe a certain way, right? And you'll know that you're making progress and you're growing. When your regular group of friends either starts to insult you to get you to stop moving forward, oh, look who's Mr. Know-It-All, or, you know, you got yourself a new used car or whatever, oh, look who's Mr. Big Bucks, and uh, or whatever, right? Or they start, uh, you know, trying to get you to to back down, right? Or they threaten to not hang out with you because uh, they don't even know who you are anymore and, and that kind of thing, right? And I'm not I'm not suggesting you leave your friends behind, but I am suggesting that if you want to move forward or that you're complaining that you don't have time to practice or anything like that. Why? Right. And don't start don't don't keep looking at the calendar or the clock or whatever. Right. Who gets your time? If not you and not the art, who gets your time? So anyway, uh, surround yourself with high-performance people, right? That's the, that's the other one, right? You want to be high-performance, you got to surround yourself with high-performance people, right? Um, in a past dojo, right, that I had, right, uh, one of the things, uh, one of the little posters I had hanging up in my office so that uh, uh, instructors and, and staff could see it was just this little sign, and I'm sure most of you have heard this thing, right, that it's really hard to soar with eagles when you hang out with turkeys, right, that kind of thing. Um, So anyway, all right, so moving on, right? Develop and maintain your self-esteem, right? Your doubts are not the product of accurate thinking. They're the product of habitual thinking, right? Focus on your emotional bank account and how you build it, right? What makes you or gives you that sense of passion, that, that high, that thing those feelings like life doesn't get any better that kind of thing right so part of this again is rationing your time with people that put you in a certain state that's negative or that at least just has you kind of just gliding along right um, and produce those things in Mikyo um, uh, we have uh, in Buddhism in general right there's this uh, the the Eight, the Noble Eightfold Path, and one of those things is right effort, right? And um, in Mikyo, we actually subdivide that down into four right efforts, right? And one of those things uh, is about increasing the positive, right? So you create more positive, right? And then you increase the positive, right? So that's two of them. So one is you do more of those things that will make you feel, Valuable, confident, energetic, alive, those kind of things. And then the things that you already do or whatever that you could be doing more of, you just increase those things, right? But in that realm is this idea of creating the experiences that you need to have to become the kind of person or to become the person that you want to be. Stop waiting for the world to Airlift pamphlets or fish and chips or whatever um, over your house. Okay? So focus on the emotional bank account. What's going to keep you charged up? Because you're going to need a lot of that as you move forward to produce big things, right? Um, think about I think about how many people contact me that are that are pessimistic or they're depressed or they're angry or frustrated or whatever, but they can't practice more because, or they can't study, or they can't whatever, because who knows, spouse, job, family, life, Uh, you know, broke my ass bone 72 years ago and uh, I didn't do what I needed to to, to, uh, uh, you know, put it back in place or I'm, you know, I'm not willing to train like I'm this age with injuries because I'm still lamenting that I'm not 20-something anymore and I pissed away opportunities and, well, tough shit, here you are, right? Let's go, right? So... Uh, but they they haven't focused on their emotional bank account. They hit these challenges, and they didn't have the emotional and energy and whatnot reserves to be able to get themselves through those things, right? Um, next, instead of overthinking, learn to pull, again, these are my teacher's words, learn to pull the fucking trigger, right? Learn to pull the damn trigger. Instead of waiting till everything's perfect, instead of waiting till the best time, instead of waiting till the perfect time, instead of, you know, waiting till this thing passes, and to, right? Do it, right? You, you'll figure it out as you move forward, right? Just stop freaking waiting, right? Pretty soon, there won't be any waiting. There's going to be somebody giving a eulogy going, oh, Bob San, or whatever, whoever your name is, right? You know, he was really good at waiting. He's really good at looking for that best time, right? They probably won't, but either way, right? Um, Here's a book for you, right? It's normally seen as a kid's book, but I think all adults should read it as well. There's a Dr. Seuss book that all of my children and grandchildren have received from me with a little note in the front that was personalized specifically to them, right? And it's called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. I highly recommend reading it. Right. Because a lot of people are stuck in this place that's described in the book and it's painted with really terrifying pictures for the kids. So it should scare them. Right. Um, But it's called the waiting place. And all these people that are waiting for something. Right. Um, But oh, the places you'll go. Brilliant book. Right. Um, What's another one? Um, This is on the positive side. Uh, the Giving Tree, if you haven't read that one. There are a couple of uh, kids' books that adults need to read and reread and reread and reread. All right. Anyway, I apologize for the background noise, but uh, let's just keep on going, right? Uh, next, trust your guts, right? If you feel like you should be moving in a certain direction, you probably should be, okay? All right, next, right? This is the part that makes everybody uncomfortable. Set bodacious goals and dream big. Yes, bodacious, right? Fucking ginormic, right? Ginorman, ginormous, right? Big. Dream big, right? Set goals that you think you will never achieve in your lifetime. And then set out to prove yourself wrong. Right? Okay? Be willing to fall short. Okay. Most people most people are worried about failing. Their fear of failure starts with giving up before they even start. And that's the only way you can really fail, right? That's one of the that's one of the keys to success in the Think and Grow Rich and, and Laws of Success uh, series, right? One of the things you absolutely must have is persistence, right? In Japanese, it's nanakorobi yaoki, right? Nanakorobi yaoki, which means seven times down, eight times up, right? It has nothing to do with seven or eight. It means you keep on freaking going until... Right? Because success comes when you stand up one more time than you've fallen down. Right? The failures are not failures, the failures are chances to reassess and go, okay, that didn't work. Why? Not just go, well, see, I tried. Right? For most people, that's just a cop out. Right? So why didn't it? What what was off? What didn't I know? What didn't I do? What did I do too much of? Whatever, right? Did I have the wrong partner? That I have, whatever, right? And then just keep at it, right? If the dream is big enough and it's it's um, needed and it's a passion of yours and whatnot, then why the hell, right? Just it, it breaks my heart and it and it I don't know it makes me shake my head. I'm going to end up with a bad neck problem um, with all these freaking emails I keep getting with people that that just stopped. And they've got lots of reasons why they stopped, but the biggest reason why they stopped is they lacked persistence and perseverance. The very thing that this art is centered on. Perseverance. Interesting, huh? Maybe not. All right. Uh, Always dream big, as this will drive you to push yourself further. Right? Big. Big. Right? Most people count goals like, um, okay... I've got this much money, this much time off. Uh, whatever, what can I do during that amount of time? Okay, what, what will the boss give me time off for so I can go do this thing? Right? Um, that's not a goal. That's not a goal. That's something else that you put on your calendar. It's like scheduling to go to the dentist. Is that a goal? Let me get my teeth fixed. Is that a goal? I guess in some small way it is, but it's not the same as I want to go to India and visit the Taj Mahal. And the place, the, the, the Bodhi tree, where uh, Siddhartha Gautama sat and uh, meditated until he attained enlightenment. I want to go there. I want to visit the park at Sarnath. I want to, those kind of things, right? I want to, I want to do those things. That's a goal, right? That's, I don't know how much time, I don't know, uh, there's a whole lot of things I don't know, from money to the exact locations of these places, to all the, all the, I'll work it out, right? I'll work it out, right? So uh, what else? Uh, Know that there are no limits to what you can do or achieve. The only limits that we have are the ones that we placed on ourselves, and that includes ones that people told us that we had, and we accepted it. It's one thing to accept things as a child. It's another thing to accept things when we become that grown-up that we couldn't wait to become because when we got there, we are going to do whatever the hell we wanted. Or not. Anyway, uh, next, change a billion lives. It's on my goal. It's on it's one of my lists. That's why I write books. That's why I do what I do. Right? I'm trying to change as many lives as possible. I don't know that I can change a billion lives, but I'm <laughs> I'm giving it my best shot, right? So, But at the same time, is that direct or indirect? It's kind of like karma, right? I may never have a billion students, but those students have families, they have friends, the children of those friends, they may be teachers, whatever, and they're going to affect other lives. So by doing what I do, yeah, I I don't even have to think about the math that much. I'll end up changing a billion lives. Next, laser beam focused on the task at hand and avoid going back to default comfort zone. Right? Focus on the thing that needs to get done until it gets done. Right? And if you can't do it, then find somebody that you can partner up with that's good at that thing and that can help out. Right? I was I was talking to people that, you know, I can't afford the marketing, I can't afford this. Really, I go on a, I go on a site called Fiverr.com. For those of you in business or trying to do business, F-I-V-E-R-R dot Right? Used to every, everything used to, all the gigs used to be five bucks. Now they're really big, but, um, I had two websites, the frameworks redesigned in what, James, like two weeks, something like that, right? Both of them at the same time, because I heard two guys from Bangladesh that had perfect English and they set these things up and then all we had to do was go in afterwards and replace pictures and, and put in the copy and all that. But things done in, a tenth of the time that we were putzing around trying to get it done, because I was trying to save money, I was trying to save time, I was, and I, I found them for like next to nothing, right? Um, you know, uh, everybody looks forward to their uh, their uh, at least here in the states, right? Their income tax check, their return, all that kind of stuff to come in, right? And then they end up spending them on the same kind of shit that they
1: they won't have anything to show for it
0: afterwards. So they spend instead of investing. And that's the difference between a poor mind and a rich mind. Poor people spend their money on stuff, right? Rich people invest their money in stuff that produces either more money or more of the results that they want to have. It it grows exponentially. They use leverage, right? I wasn't taught that growing up, right? I was taught to hate rich people is what I was taught because they are all just greedy bastards, right? That's what I was taught, okay? Um. what else? Let's see. Create affirmations that function as a reminder and ultimately a fact pattern. Okay? Think or Grow Rich has a whole, uh, what do you call it? There's a formula in there for how to do that, right? But uh, everything from doing it, you have to write them in present tense as though you already have them. In Mikyo, when we do visualizations and stuff, it's always present tense like I'm already living it, smelling it, experiencing it, like it's already happening, right? Because um, it tunes the brain To do things, to change habit patterns, because that's the reality that we're living to, as opposed to something in the future that I want, and then I have to get around to changing the habit pattern. Habit patterns change very, very quickly when you create affirmations in the present tense, right? And I read mine five times a day, right? You only have to read them two, right? But I tend to be an overachiever. So uh, recite your affirmation at least twice daily to remind yourself not to go back to default and to continue to stretch you. I already mentioned that. Focus on the few, not the many. Don't waste time on things you can't change. Way too many people lament stuff that they can't change. Right? If you're a Christian, remember the serenity prayer. Right? Know what I can change, know what I can't, and have the wisdom to know the difference. Right. But focus on those things that you can change. Um, Warren Buffett, there was just an article on him at the New Year because, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he had done a speech and, and they turned this thing into an article and whatnot. But he was talking about how he had 22 goals, 22 goals. Right. And the guy's ancient already. Right. But he has 22 goals. OK. But this year, 2022, he's going to focus on five of them. And he's not going to let the other ones. Poke at them because they can, right? Um, one of the things with those of us who are, I'm going to say entrepreneurial minded, but we're visionaries, we're, we're on this personal development path and all that, is like we get caught by things that look like they'll produce more results because we're looking for results. But if we don't give any one thing enough time and we just jump around a whole lot, we just end up screwing ourselves, right? We end up bleeding energy and resources rather than uh, focusing them and leveraging them. Right. So anyway, um, so he focuses on five. And then and that's 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 one of my things at the moment, because I'm guilty of that myself. Right. I need to not worry about anything else that can d- distract me from the primary goals that I have right now. OK. Um, so you're going to embody whatever methodology you're going through. Right. If you're one of my students. Right. you You need to be focusing on embodying the warrior concepts. Uh, methodology, right? So we've got uh, different things, right? We've got uh, the uh, eight phases of strategic self-defense uh, training and strategy and those kind of things, right? Uh, are you only focusing on the physical self-defense thing, phase six, or are you focusing on, you know, things like developing escape routes and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, if you're in Mikyo, right, we've got methodologies for that, right? You, so you're going to need to embody whatever that methodology is, not just study it, embody it. Right, being able being be a walking talking example of it to whatever degree or level you are at now, but you're working to embody that, right? So um creating your personal foundation for success, clarifying your vision, right? Are you crystal clear? Right? Well, in a black belt in uh, in ninja to well, what does that mean? What will you be able to do with that skill set? What skill sets do you think belong? At that level, or whatever level of need to, right? Or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, maybe you're climbing the ladder at work, right? What what skill sets? What will you be able to do? Whose lives will you will you be able to affect? What does that mean? Right? What does what does what the hell is what is your vision, right? Uh building the perception. Perception's reality. Okay, like start dressing. To fit the role that you're trying to grow into. Start speaking like somebody at the level that you want to be. Right? Start carrying yourself posture wise. All that kind of stuff. Relating to other people as though you're already this other thing. This is, this is a huge Mikyo thing. Right? Mikyo is not a cause leads to effect process. Its effect creates the causes or the effect points out the causes. Okay, so instead of studying and learning and practicing and all that, so one day we can be this thing. What you do is you you use the same symbolism and, and substitution kind of process that's used in everything in Mikio. Right. You start walking, talking and acting that way. Now it actually speeds up the process. Okay, building the perception. Perception is reality. We all know that. Right. But you need to change your reality before you change anybody else's. OK, next, creating your dream team in business and in life or in work or whatever. Right. This goes right back to the friendship thing. Surround yourself with people that are on the same path in the dojo. That's our support group. Right. Our fellow students in whatever program we're in. They're all aiming for the same thing. OK, so get into one that moves you that way. In Mikyo, we have this uh, San Kyei, right, the triple uh, triple refuge uh where i uh take refuge in uh the buddha or the this 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 grand enlightenment kind of thing right i take refuge in the teachings um, and i take refuge in the community of teachers and fellow practitioners that's my support group right i'm in a group where we're all focused on moving in the same direction right i stop wasting my time in groups, hangouts, activities, or whatever that do not move me in a certain direction. I'll have plenty of time for those things when I get where I'm going. But as long as those things keep distracting me, then it's going to take fucking forever to get where I'm going, right? As my mom would say, excuse my French. I don't think that fucking is French, but either way, right? I'm, I'm sure that the French, never mind, I'm not going to go there, All right? So <laughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, what else? Um, your quantum leap action plan, right? What is your action plan, right? You have your vision. What's your plan? And I mean, big stuff, right? Stuff that needs to get done. and needs to get done fast, but it's not going to be comfortable, right? So what's the plan, right? And then (laughs) creating your exit strategy right? My exit strategy, what I mean by that is not like, well, I could be dying and leaving stuff behind, right? But the exit strategy uh, for me when I was uh, parenting, right, was what are my children going to be able to do when I'm not there to solve their problems for them? So this dad didn't solve a whole bunch of problems. This dad helped move them in a direction or help give suggestions as to where they could find the answers so that they moved out into adult life with the ability to solve problems, to weather challenges, those kind of things, right? Um, but that's me, right? Uh, it's also how I want to spend my time after I've either... Retired, and I don't believe in retirement, so retirement for me is going to be I'm turning things over to teams that are going to be running the day-to-day of things um, and all that, and um, I'll be doing things at a, at a different level, right, typically seminars, and, and uh, I'll still be doing these things, right, uh, but doing things so that uh, I have more and more of my time uh, for relaxation and for study, and for visiting those places on the planet that I'm really interested in and want to go visit and or maybe even reside for a while, right? So that's that's an exit strategy too. Uh, if you're in business, you know, it could be, you know, what am I going to do with this thing when it's time for retirement? A lot of people don't think about those things, then they either just drop dead or they retire and then they're living on 60% of shit that they didn't have before, Right. Um, or they're um, you know, they've never thought about it, right? There is no exit strategy, right? Or they've raised shithead kids that uh, don't want or they would never turn their their life's blood over to. So now what? Now they're doing a going out of business sale and, and that kind of stuff, right. Anyway, right? Uh, and there's there's lots of other things could be happening. I, I highly recommend that people take personality mm-hmm. tests. I, I highly recommend that they take uh, success tests. I highly take. Uh, uh, I highly recommend that they take, for lack of better words, snowflake tests, right, to see if you fall into certain categories, um, because those are the things that are going to highlight the areas where the most improvement has to be made. Right. So anyway, that's that. So that's really what I have, and that's where I'm going to kind of wrap up. So um, I'm going to open this up. You're going to see a magic window pop up. Uh, let's see. Questions with and Tires. Uh, okay, so question came in. When you first started out, did you give yourself a strict, dedicated amount of time to study the non-hand-to-hand aspects of ninjutsu? Did you apply the basics dynamic staging structure? Um, when I first started in this art, I was a police officer. And in all honesty, I was most concerned about not dying on the street because the training that we had to get qualified for, um, yeah, I called that the government cover your ass kind of training, right? So, uh, I really came at this personal development stuff, uh, through the back door. And that's, I mean, I ended up discovering it through this because I just hung around my teachers a lot and started paying attention to these other things. Now, uh, did I give myself a strict, dedicated amount of time to study? No, because I was in the military. I was also in law enforcement, which means I had longer work days than most guys did unless they were out of, uh, for uh, uh, field training. Uh, I was married and had two children at the time and was doing the dad thing as well. So, uh, no, what I gave myself was the instruction to be consistent so if my teacher, whether it was Hatsumi Sensei or Stephen Hayes or, uh, Shiroshi Malmstrom or whoever my teacher was at the time, um, if they mentioned a book, uh, or whatever, then that went on a list. And at the first opportunity, I bought it and then it went by my book stand or my, my nightstand. And I've always done my stuff. See, because I've always been very, very proud about being, like, an, uh, an engaged dad and all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, even to this day, right, um, some of my team, right, will comment because they get an email from me that they notice that I sent it out at 2.30 in the morning, right, or 3.30 in the morning or whatever. And they're like, don't you ever sleep? Yeah, when my body shuts down, right, because this stuff is – I got to get it done. Um, but I do my stuff after everybody else goes to sleep. Uh, one of my, it's not really a mentor, but it's somebody that I tend to listen to um, on the success side of things. Um, but, you know, he says, if you're really, really serious about success, um, you've got between 10 and 2. And what that means, if you work day shift, is you have between, typically for most people, you have between 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., right? You've got a four-hour window or whatever, right? But you have between 10, and 2. And maybe you've got kids that go to sleep late, so maybe it's not 10 and 2. Maybe you got between 11 and 1 or whatever. But you have this period after everybody goes to hell to sleep, right? And you don't have to worry about dad things, family things, work things, or whatever. Um. So, you know, you could either go to bed and not have the time, or you could continue to binge watch Netflix or whatever the hell you're doing um, and continue to do that, or you could work on the shit that you say is important to you. And that's what I've always done. Right? So, uh, if I was, if I was on military duty, if I was on the job, I remember working at a, a factory after I got out of the military because bills had to be paid while I was setting up a private detective agency, um, and a part-time martial arts school that ended up turning into a full-time martial arts school. Um, but whatever book I was reading, I would take that to work. Right? Because sometimes I was in jobs where like, oh God, it was just, soul-sucking kind of things, right, where I couldn't leave this thing. One of those jobs was a canning machine that these freaking cans went through at, like, a gazillion miles an hour, right? And so uh, there was a filler, uh, filling part of the thing that filled them with beans and then brine went in and then it slid through this machine that I was operating that popped the lids on and then sent them off down this track till so they go into a cooker and whatever, right? So... Um, That was a soul-sucking job because my job was to open up the sleeves on these lids. There was a tube, slide it down into this thing, and I had to stand there and hold it until it got down to this like support thing, pull the paper away. That gave me enough time to get the next one, but I couldn't walk away from it. Oh, my God, I hated that, right? Got off that as quickly as possible because I was interested in other things, And then they, oh shit, well, let's cross train Jeff on these things and bump them. So those other jobs created windows of opportunity that I could read. So the thousand gallons of brine or whatever that was created, there was salt and whatever that went into these things, right? Fill it up while the other ones, you know, sinking or whatever, you know, going down and whatnot. It was, I had anywhere between two and five of these things operating at the same time. But, get all the ingredients in it, get it stirring, get it heating and all that kind of stuff, check the other one, have the book with me. I'm reading, whatnot, going through these things, got a notebook, taking notes and all that. That's what I did, right? I stole time, okay? My job still got done, and it still got done to the best of my ability. But I didn't wait until I was off work. I didn't wait until... My wife took the kids to her mother's. I didn't, None of that stuff, right? I found pockets of time, okay? People joke about guys being in the bathroom, right? They used to have magazines, and Then now you take your fucking cell phone in there or whatever. On my cell phone, I've got the books that I'm reading, okay? Or I've got a book in there. So if things are taking a little extra time or whatever, right, um, I've got this thing, right? But I also read in bed. Same thing they used to do in the old days, because you know, the old folks, the boomers and shit, those of us who are old, we don't know how the world works and that kind of stuff, right? There's a reason that people did that stuff. Right? So no, I didn't I didn't give myself a strict dedicated amount of time. Right. And that see, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Cause as soon as life throws you a curveball and you can't put that kind of time there, then what? then you don't do anything at all? I don't have time. I created a program that I sell to corporations where I teach busy executives and people that are in high-stress jobs, like doctors, right, that have, like, one of the highest suicide rates now, okay? How to meditate when they don't have time to frickin' meditate. That's because people only know about one type of meditation, duration or sustaining meditation which is what people think they need. I need 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half an hour, whatever, right? No, there's also spontaneous meditation. So I created an entire program around one little aspect out of Mikyo so that people could gain the benefits of meditation in 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, three minutes at a time, and do it in those little micro moments throughout the day so at the end of the day they... Meditated as long as, or maybe even longer as they would have if they would have done duration. Now, duration's still important, but you can do that a couple of times a week where the, this other one, right? It, it helps to reduce cortisol, the stress hormone. There's all kinds of benefits to this thing, right? But the big thing it does is helps you train that switch in your brain where you can go from stressed and overwhelmed or challenged or whatever to click. And it's just like that. Off. Nothing's going on. Right? I call it rapid reset and recharge. Cause that's what it does. Right? And so it's, it's the same thing. Right? So, uh, did I apply the basics, dynamic staging structure? Um, my teachers pretty much did that for me. Uh, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't even teach it that way until uh, myself, and here's that mastermind idea, right? Myself and fellow um, martial arts instructors where, like, we each had our own kind of thing that we were really, really good at. Uh, I remember once uh, trading with a friend of mine who really had the history stuff. I mean, he, he and his team dug into the history of this martial art way deeper than you're going to find in other people's books. Way deeper. Right. And he had that and I wanted that and he wanted to study Mikyo and I was this initiated, um, uh, lay teacher in Tendai Mikyo. And so we would get online late at night. Families have gone to sleep. We would get online way back in the day when it was just these little freaking IM messenger windows that would pop up and we're typing back and forth to each other. Right. So he'd cover 20, 30 minutes or whatever. Some of these history things. I'd ask questions back and forth and then. we'd switch, right? And then uh, he'd ask a question about something and I'd cover things and it would go back and forth. Or one session, he'd do history. One session, I'd do Mikyo. But either way, but it was, so we stole time. I mean, were we freaking exhausted? Yeah, we were exhausted. But we were exhausted because we were working on stuff that was going to get us where we wanted to go. Not because we were fighting sleep and we had to watch one more episode of, Lie to me or NCIS or whatever, right, which I watch. but um, anyway, so it's not like I don't do these things, but other things have gotten done, right? To do list, big things, this has to get done. I have a regular meeting every week with my um, uh, with my my team, right that I just put together, right I, James, formerly the team was put together what November, December. Something like that moving into the new year. When I added Drew and I added John and Eric, and I mean, I've done things off and on with you. No, you're the most consistent. I'm asking, I'm asking James because James is going to go back years. So, no, the team has been, uh, for him, it was he and I. So, um, but to expand things, it's just been recently. So, uh, Carl asks, any chance you have these notes compiled as a dot point document or similar, similar? that you can share. What notes? The ones I was just reading off? No, but, um, uh, I will send you a link, uh, or, uh, you know what? Um, I can either type them up or, or make a, uh, a picture or whatever. I don't have them already made up. They're actually like on my, on my cell phone. Uh, but Carl, I'll send them to you. No problem. If that works for you. Okay, so have you got a course which specifically teaches rapid reset? I do. I haven't done it uh, outside of the corporate structure, but if folks are interested in that, uh, I would absolutely do that as an online course because I would open it up to HR and executives and nerd, I would open it up to outside of, of Ninjutsu as well. So um, if that's something that would work great. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, let me jot a note here. And that should probably be something sooner than later. Is that what you're, uh, you're telling me? Is that a yes? As a matter of fact, I'm, um, rapid reset and recharge. I was just contacted by someone who, uh, was a former student who now works for the biggest consulting, um, agency that they started in like 1882 or something like that. And I blew my mind, right? Biggest consulting company in India because people tend to see India as this third world country kind of thing, right? Um, And they have ties in with Google and all kinds of other big, big companies. And uh, they contacted me uh, about doing uh, not just the – actually, it was about workplace violence kind of stuff and then kind of steered around to my my framework, right? Uh, Because the eight phases of effective self-defense strategy that I gave you guys, I reworked that and I call it the PX8 system that I give to corporations – and within that PX8, there are 32 points, uh, to cover in each of those things for a complete, fully rounded, um, workplace violence kind of thing. And one of those things happened to be, uh, it integrates this rapid, uh, reset and recharge because if we can, uh, bring stress and all that kind of stuff down in the workplace, then, right, that helps. So now, uh, they want a proposal from me for their company and a train the trainer program. But that's likely to cross over uh, and potentially uh, be picked up by Google as well uh, and have me come in and do that kind of stuff. So uh, at some point this year, I may be looking to train a whole bunch of people that can uh, be trainers for me on that side of things. So who knows? But um, I got to tell you, I'm looking for go-getters and I'm looking for people with big old freaking bodacious goals for themselves. Not necessarily in business, but they they, they have these things that they want to do in life. And they just, you know, they need the means, right? So if I can be the, the catalyst for change and be part of that, uh, that process, um, I'm absolutely all for that. So, but anyway, uh, rapid reset and recharge, uh, we'll definitely get that on the, uh, on the schedule because that's, that's something that, um, uh, uh, anybody can use. Absolutely anybody, right? Uh, anyway, so cool beans. Anything else? Right, so I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm going to bring my guy up now because he's just been t- texting to me and copying over the, uh, the uh, chats and stuff, so you see this magic face pop up. <laughs> There's James. <laughs> so for those of you uh, who uh, contact back and forth and, and get admin things covered and all that stuff and haven't met him, uh, say hi, James. If you say, hi, James, I'm going to reach through the camera. <laughs> hi, everyone. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to get James' energy level up. He, he gets lots done, but when you talk to him, he sounds like he's like, just fresh off the doobie or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: are you in class tomorrow night? Yes, sir. You are. Awesome. Fantastic. You have you to fake this excitement until it happens, because I can remember being like that. I mean, I was a cop, and I was just like, no, sir, that's not going to (laughs) happen. I was just... (laughs) So, anyway. um, All right. Uh, Is there anything else? Uh, So, James is going to be in the background doing his production stuff. Uh, We found a whole different way to lay out things, so you can see the logo up there uh, for both Warrior Concepts and Kuden. The Online Ninja Academy, that's now open. we we're getting some other uh, stuff taken care of there, but... um, uh, you can go there and, and look things up, and if you click on something and it doesn't work, you can always send us an email and we'll uh, we'll point you in the right direction, but we, we need people to go in and just be looking around and, and trying to figure stuff out. Now, that in the, what you're going to be seeing when you go there is it still links to some of the other resources that we have, so you could end up looking at the actual program or whatever on Modern Ninja Warrior or... WarriorConceptsOnline.com or whatever, we'll be working throughout this uh, this first quarter, the half of the year, whatever, moving that stuff over so that everything is over on Online Ninja Academy. For my guys that that have they're on the Platinum program, Inner Circle, that kind of stuff, right? You have access to things. All of your stuff is on Online Ninja Academy. That's where all your access and login and all that kind of stuff is. So that's all there. We we are still moving resources, but everything is accessible for you through there so it's all good uh, but go and and tinker around if you break something or you can't find something or something doesn't work or whatever send us emails that way we have a list of things that, that we can we can work off of say James is nodding right we can't fix it if we don't know it's broken right so um, get in there and kick it around and let us know right as a matter of fact do us a favor try to break it okay <laughs> <laughs> um that's how, we, that's how we child-proof our homes, and that's how I'm going to idiot-proof the websites, right? So, um, all right, James, can you take care of that one from Carl? Yes, sir. Okay, awesome. All right. I sent an email but no response yet. Uh, if you sent that to the Gmail address, James can't see those. So it has to go to the warriorconceptsonline.com. Version and if it did come to the Gmail one, uh, I didn't see it because uh, I get tons of stuff. So uh, that you just that puts an extra like cog in the wheel, and then I have to or whatever it is right mechanism. Then I have to forward that over to him anyway. So, so please send support things to the the new address support at warrior concepts onlinecom That way he knows what to look for. Um, and James, you have you have an address over there now too, right? What's your email address? At yes. Warrior Concepts Online? What is it? Is it J-Alexander? Alexander? Just yes. flat out, right? Just that. J-Alexander yep. at warrior-concepts-online.com. So either that or support or info, we'll get there, and then uh, we will fix these things. But if we don't know it's broken, we can't fix it. All right. Cool, guys. All right. Um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next time. We'll, we'll figure it out in between now and then. Um, but we are looking for some team members and all that uh, right now. The the pay is trade off for um, uh, for training, right? Uh, so if that's a, if it's an okay thing. Uh, my guy Drew is going to need some help uh, for some folks that can go through some of the resources, like the podcast and um, the uh, what are the things that we have the uh, videos and stuff that are on YouTube already and all that kind of stuff. Um, that if you know if I have a certain catchphrase or there's a uh, you know a certain lesson or something I say between uh 2 minutes and 12 and 3 minutes and 32 whatever right that we can turn those things into uh social postings and get those things out or you think would make make a good uh spin off on things or just but just sharing extra stuff right to help get uh, get things out um all that would be like highly appreciated um if anybody's gone through any of the programs and I'm not a big fan on, like, testimonials like, oh, Sunset Miller's great, or this is the greatest program since Swiss cheese or whatever. What I really like are case studies, right? Why did you get it? What were you looking to to solve or fix or whatever? And then what did the program do for you? And what were you able to do afterwards? That speaks to people, right? Um, I highly believe, because I don't even like them, right? People don't, they don't, they don't take any stock in the, you know, sensei's great, sensei's good, sensei trains with steel and wood, that kind of freaking testimonial. Nobody gives a shit about that kind of stuff, right? Um, although in the uh, six or seven uh, things for influence, right, um, that's called social proof, okay? So uh, what do other people say about you? That is – way more stock is taken in that than what you say about you, and I understand that to be true too. So instead of me saying that, you know, this program will help you do XYZ. See, that sounds like a sales pitch, even if it's true and it is true, right? Um, but you saying it, people take way more stock in that, right? But I don't want, I don't, I, I don't like the testimonial things of just saying that uh, it's great and he helped me and how, how, where was the improvement, right? That's a case study. Okay. All right, anyway, uh, James, is there anything else that you saw uh, come in other than to be fixed? No, I didn't see anything else. All right, all right, cool. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. I will talk to everybody again next time. Uh, I've got to switch a little screen right here because I'd be ready to bring things up. Uh, Okay, so if there are questions, if there are comments, if there's things you want me to cover, uh, whatever, you know, submit those, send them into, uh, warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com, uh, and we'll, we'll make it a part of things, right? Um, that's it. And if you're interested in, uh, other training, go to online And if you are interested in the platinum program, uh, whether or not you want to get a black belt in need to, I mean, for God's sake, Carl's been with me for what? 14, 15, 13, whatever, years, long time. Right. Um, and uh, I've never tested him for anything. Right. But he certainly sucks up the the uh, the knowledge in the courses and all that, which is cool. Right. So whatever you want to get out of it. But if you if you're interested in getting ranked, uh, you need to do. We've got this full curriculum in there. But the bigger thing is we have weekly coaching calls where, um, you know, I answer questions and I give a ton of extra lessons. Right. There's uh, email um, Coaching, there's video, uh, progress reviews, all kinds of stuff, right? So if you're interested in that, um, we normally start that off with a um, with a uh, complimentary coaching call, right? It's kind of an assessment kind of thing, both ways, right? So uh, what you normally have to do is send in uh, or do a call request, right? So send an email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com in the sub uh, subject line. Put the words, call request, and then in the body of it, tell me that that's what you're looking for. You want to schedule one of these things. You're going to tell me about yourself, age, what you do for a living, that kind of stuff, martial background, you know, uh, any ninja ninjutsu, Bujinkan, whatever, or anything else, how long you've been doing it, whatever, what you want to get out of the training. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Don't just go, hey, let's schedule a call. Um, I'm probably not going to answer you. Okay. so. uh, and then you're also going to include some days and times that you would have available for a 45 minute to hour, uh, coaching call. Might not last that long. We might realize that we're not a fit. We're, we're very early on, but I try to do it, uh, with value, right? So, uh, 45 minutes to an hour and include a phone number, right? That I can call you on. I'll, I'll, uh, match that up against my calendar find a time for us that we can talk. I'll send that to you. You'll confirm it or say, no, that's not going to work. I'll give you another one, whatever. Well, I will, we'll, uh, plug one in, right. So that I can call you at that day and time. Uh, and what else? Uh, it's, it's, it's free. We're going to do three things. Uh, I'm going to answer any questions that you have about, um, the art, right. Uh, about the art, right. Um, uh, you're gonna tell me something about your training, right. And I'm going to, Give you some next steps, regardless of whether you move on with me or not. I'm going to give you some next steps for your training that you can work on, um, getting unstuck, whatever that might happen to be. Right. And then if you're interested, we can take a look at, you know, some programs based on what your goals are. Um, and if it's a good time to start, then I'll tell you how we can do that. And if not, no harm, no foul. You got some value out of it and we'll call it a day. Right. Pretty simple. Right. But either way. Warrior C at warrior-concepts-online.com. In the subject line, put call request. It, right? Otherwise, um, you can't get plans stove. Okay. Anything else? Nothing else? James, is that it? No other comments came in? Okay. No, sir. All right. Cool. All right. In that case, I'm going to wrap this up, and I will talk to everybody again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at modern warrior dot com.